We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear, the host of Refuge Freedom Stories. Today, I'm interviewing a good friend of mine, Mr. Wade Foss. How are you today, Wade? Doing well, thank you, Dave. Awesome. We're at Arcade, and what's your position here? Uh, I'm the assistant director here at the Arc. That entails a lot of things, from day-to-day operations to maintenance, you know, making sure we've got everything we need from shopping and that kind of thing, so Mm -hmm. that's more than enough to keep me busy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know that you're you're always busy. You know, your phone is ringing off the hook, even though you tried to turn them all off. <laughs> Everybody's trying to reach Wade. Yeah, sometimes the phone, phone sometimes the phone is a necessary evil. Yes, it That's is, right? right? You have a tool shop downstairs here. You're you're the guy that you were just lending out a, a cart to somebody, and somebody's coming to you for a drill, and you're moving fridges and photocopiers and setting things up, and never, not, never nothing to do here. I should say there's there's, <laughs> there's always something, and uh, you know it's quite a variety of things. And That's how long true. have you been here, Way? I'm in my eleventh year. Wow. Yes. Come April, it'll be eleven years for me. Mm-hmm. And so. How long have you been in the position you're in? Uh, from the start. From the start, I thought so. Yes. You know, back in the day, I didn't know what your position was. All I knew was that you did everything. There are days you when know. I've wondered myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I remember uh, coming in to have a meal myself here and uh, mm-hmm. and you talking with me, doing some counseling and mm-hmm. mentoring me, basically, and, and also asking me to join in and help with prayers and Bible mm-hmm. readings and... Yeah. And the things we do before the dinners and mm-hmm. devotion. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a, it's been quite a long time, and uh, yeah, I do remember you coming in and us having uh, conversations and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's good to see you where you're at now, and uh, you know you. it's it's a great ministry that you have. You know, we're also now I'm out working at the Wish, and you were out at the site the other day. Uh, <laughs> we run into each other everywhere with a list of repairs that I'd sent in and uh, to kind of tackle those, right? Yeah, there's some maintenance issues out there, maintenance things, and uh, a friend of mine and, and I went and went and uh, took a look at it. Some of the things are beyond my expertise level, <laughs> and I use that word expertise lightly. <laughs> uh, with all, you know, all the things that you are doing, you, you probably have to... Uh, Readjust constantly, plan Bs. and Yes, uh, flexibility is a good thing if you're uh, involved with the art. Yes. Uh, you know, you could be used to, uh, hammering a nail one day and sitting with someone and praying with them and uh, counseling them the next. Absolutely. So it's, it's quite a, a variety. I, I like variety. It just uh, seems like it suits me. 
you know, God's really using you here and always has. And, and it's it's inspiring, inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. I say that with marbles in my mouth. Um, but yeah, um, so what drew you to the ark in the first place? Well, at the time I was unemployed, mm-hmm. uh, working part-time at the men's mission. And uh, Doug Whitelaw, who was the previous executive director to Sarah Campbell, who's here now, him and I worked at another ministry previous, and we both left that ministry. And Doug was here at the ark. Point in time when uh, I needed a job to pay the bills. I had a mortgage. I had, uh, you know, all these things commitments to meet. And working part-time at the mission really wasn't cutting it. At the time, I was thinking about going out to Fort McMurray. Oh, yeah. I have a brother out there and a, and a sister, and my wife has a brother out there. And I thought, I'll just go and see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So I had had a ticket purchased, and I talked to Doug, and uh, Doug said, before you go, he said, uh, come down to the Ark and see me. I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> As it ended up, I did go to Fort McMurray for 10 days. Mm-hmm. But not looking for a job. Yeah. I did not want to go out there. I, I didn't feel God calling me to go out there. Mm-hmm. My wife wasn't fussy about going at all. Yeah, not very So we came and talked to Doug, and then he offered me this position. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know what? Yeah, I'll give it a try. And Fort McMurray will still be there if, if I need it. Up to this point, I haven't needed it. <laughs> yeah. So that's how, I, that's how I came here. That's awesome. Um, so yourself, we were just talking about, you know, when I asked you to do the interview, you're like, there's a hundred other people that have better testimonies than me to do an interview. And I disagree with you because as we were discussing, you gave your heart to the Lord as a young child. Yes, I did. I don't know if any of you have picked it up by now, but I am from the East Coast. I'm a Newfoundlander. <laughs> You might detect a little bit of an accent. It comes out once in a while. I come from a large family. I have nine brothers and three sisters and my parents. My dad passed away about almost 11 years ago now. And mom is still living. She's up in her 90s in Newfoundland. You know, coming from a large family like that, I, I thank God every day. Every one of us in our family are believers. Mm-hmm. We serve the Lord. That in itself is a, is a miraculous thing. It is. And I thank God for that. You know, my dad went home to be with the Lord. He got saved. He was the last one in the household to get saved. Really? Yeah. And uh, he went home to be with the Lord, as I said, about 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've been just doing our best to follow the Lord. Yeah. And give God the glory for that. Yeah. But, yeah, born and raised in Newfoundland. And at the time, there was a Christian school system, a Pentecost school system in Newfoundland and it was funded by the government Wow! and so I went to a Christian school from grade kindergarten to grade 11 mm-hmm. and that's as far as high school went then yeah yeah I think it was in maybe in grade three or four that an invitation was given in in the classroom well wow. you don't see a whole lot a whole lot of no. that nowadays for sure mm-hmm. and I remember two other individuals and myself we went forward and our teacher Miss Harmon mm-hmm. we accepted Christ that day you know as I've said many times in sharing my testimony I was never you know never a drinker or or a carouser, or never did drugs or any of that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, it, it's been a church life for me all mm-hmm. my life. Now, fast forward a little bit. I remember in my teenage years, at about grade 10, I think, still in Christian school, Christian high school by now, I remember feeling God's call on my life mm-hmm. for ministry of some sort. Yes. I never did feel that God was calling me to be a pastor. It takes a special person to be cut out for a pastor, mm-hmm. and that's not the mold that I'm cut from, and couldn't see myself in ministry, you mm-hmm. know? I Loved the Lord, served the Lord, went to church often, and just fought that call for, for, for about 20 years, actually. Mm-hmm. And it never left me. Yes. It never left me. You know, there was never a single day that I didn't feel the call of God. I really felt that I couldn't do it. I was 100% sure I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Prayed about it, lost countless nights of sleep over it, and just went on with life. I didn't turn my back on God. No. 
uh, just went on with life, busy and involved in the church, worked a full-time job, mm -hmm. uh, got uh, promoted to a management position, moved to another town, and very involved in the church, served on the church board, served as a church treasurer. I guess in a way I was trying to appease God, trying to get him off my back, yeah. <laughs> if I may be as blunt mm -hmm. as that. And God had a plan, and I remember carrying this load. It was a load. It was like there was a like I was carrying a, a backpack full of stones all the time. Wow. And that was it was it was it was almost physical. And I remember going to church one night and I was at the end of my rope with this this call that got out of my life. And I was I was dissatisfied with the job I was in, kind of stuck, and finally came to the realization that maybe God knows best. I knew that God knew best, but, uh, you know. I went to church that night, and I remember going up and kneeling at the altar, and I prayed, God, I give you permission to do whatever you need to do to get me to wherever you want me to be. And after I prayed that, I thought, oh, you know. So, I meant it. I was I was at the point where there, there's no turning back. Now, if I'm going to get this monkey off my back like I thought it was, I just, I just got to do it. And there was actually a, almost a physical feeling of that weight lifting. Wow. When I stood up from the altar the, where I knelt that night, I felt like something was missing. Something was gone. And it was that weight. And you'd been carrying that for years. 20 years. Wow. Since grade 10. Mm -hmm. And I'm well up in my 30s now. Yes. You know, and uh, didn't say anything to my wife. At this point, my wife didn't even know that mm -hmm. I was struggling with the call of God. I only shared it with one other person as an older brother of mine, Rick. I used to think that, I mean, he was, he was the spiritual one in the family. I'm thinking, God, you, you called the wrong number. It's him you should have got, not me. He's yep. the spiritual one. And that didn't seem to work either. So I remember going home that night and just with this newfound freedom. And within two weeks, I'd worked for the same company for 18 and a half years. Within two weeks, I got a, a layoff notice. Well, a little ironic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was expecting it. And when it came, I can't, can't say I was expecting it, but when it came, I wasn't surprised. Right, due to your prayer. Thank yeah, you. yes. And uh, I remember that night, I went home and I talked to my wife and I said, uh, I got a layoff notice today. I said, I'm done in a month. She said, well, what are we going to do? I said, this is going to come as a shock to you. I said, but I, I know I have to go back to school. Back to school? Where? And I said, well, I'm thinking Peterborough. Ontario. She said, what's in Peterborough, Ontario? I said, e Eastern Pentecostal Bible <laughs> College it was then. Yep. And I think you could have knocked her over with a feather. <laughs> I was determined I was moving mm -hmm. forward. Scared? Yes, absolutely. Uncertain? Somewhat, yeah. But I was just saying, God, here you are. You're in charge. Take mm -hmm. the wheel. I, I don't know if it was that night or the next night when I talked to my pastor. And I told him that I just got laid off yesterday. And we talked. He said, there's something wrong with this picture. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm concerned. He said, you're not acting like somebody who just lost their job. In my mind, you should be more upset and more concerned. And I said, well, let me tell you. Then I shared with him that it was part, all part of God's plan. And to fast forward again a little bit, we just bought a house six months previous yep. six months into a 25 year mortgage we sold the house didn't lose any money didn't make any but yep. didn't lose any I remember that house when we moved into Twillingate Newfoundland where we were living eight and a half years earlier and we drove into Twillingate one of the first houses back then as you drive into Twillingate and my wife as we drove by she, I'd like to own that house one day out of the blue eight years later that's the house that we bought wow. I'm thinking how do I tell my wife that we got to sell the house yeah. and I told her and her response was, it's just a house. God was preparing her to, as well. Yeah, everything's Maybe, working out. Everything is working out. Everything mm -hmm. is working out. So we went through all the motions of preparing to leave uh, Newfoundland, applied for Bible college, and was accepted. In 1997, we packed everything that we own in a Hyundai Elantra and a little trailer that I'd made mm -hmm. and headed for Ontario. Man, am I ever glad you did. <laughs> uh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Studied at Bible college for four years. Uh, got a bachelor's degree in theology with mm -hmm. a missions uh, major. Again, really feeling that God wasn't calling me to pastoral ministry. Always questioned, what am I going to do when I graduate from Bible college? I remember there was a 
uh, an individual from a, an organization, uh, Mission Partners International, run by Ron Garrison at the time, and he came to the Bible College to speak. And this was in my third year now, and uh, we're looking at doing an internship. Mm -hmm. And being a cross-cultural major, I wanted to do an overseas internship, a cross-cultural internship. So I wrote a letter to Mission Partners and sat and talked with Ron. Again, to make a long story short, my wife and I ended up in Novokuznetsk, Siberia, for three and a half months. Siberia? Siberia. <laughs> and Goodness. Yeah, we... We arrived there in late September, and we left in early December and came home, and it was a life-changing experience. Mm -hmm. One of the things I wanted to determine by that trip was, am I cut out for an overseas missionary? Great. And I uh, prayed about it a lot while we were there, enjoyed the trip and the experience immensely. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I really felt that I was not cut out for overseas ministry. Yes. And again... God was speaking clearly to yes. you. Through this calling. And, and after coming home, I'm thinking like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? Not so long after, I got a call from mission partners. They were looking for someone to work with them and for them yeah. in the former Soviet Union. I, I really had a felt a call on my life for Slavic people mm -hmm. at the time. Again, it all fell into place. Mm -hmm. So for seven and a half years, I worked for Mission Partners International. I was their humanitarian aid manager. Incredible. And we shipped containers of humanitarian aid into the former Soviet bloc countries, uh, took uh, ministry teams as well as work teams into some of the, the stands. And, and mostly for me, it was St. Petersburg, Russia, where we, we sponsored a very large drug rehab center there, sort of on the teen challenge model, yes, but much bigger. Mm -hmm. Did that for seven and a half years, and when that was up, as again, we're just about to where I am now, I found a job with uh, Mission Services here in London, just part-time, yep. and it was at that time that uh, Doug contacted me and mm. see if I would uh, so want to work circle. here. One thing that I'd like to mention, uh, did not want to overlook, Wade, is that you are also the pastor which is a spiritual head here, leadership in the spiritual and, and guiding people through all different avenues along that line. Things came full circle. Looking back, you know, I, I, sometimes I wonder, what if I had been receptive to God's call 20 years earlier? Yes. Where would I be? And I can't dwell on that. Only God knows. And, mm -hmm. and he, he's brought me to where I am now. Since coming to uh, Ontario, my wife and I have two beautiful daughters, Sarah and Lily. Right mm -hmm. now, Sarah is 18. Lily is 16. Well, you know, uh, that that's incredible because, you know, that question, of what if, what if you had started earlier and responding to the call, but you weren't there yet. And, and maybe God was preparing you and it was all part of his plan, you know, because the person you are today and all the experiences you've had up until this point have put you where you are today, where you're the guy that people need here at the ark and the people from the street and the drug addicts and guys like me and everybody, you know, and, and on top of that got, you know, Many pokers in the fire all over the place, helping out all over, and God's using you. And it's really inspiring. You had a message to leave with anybody listening today. What would you say? That's a big question. Mm -hmm. Something maybe that, you know, you, you've learned along the way that maybe will inspire people. You know, the population you work with specifically and other people, there's all kinds of people listening. You know, the most important thing and the most important decision that a person uh, can make in their life is a decision to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. to accept him as their savior and to follow him as best they can. A lot of people don't do that because they think they, they're not good enough. They think they can't be good enough. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not good enough. I never will be good enough. But that's where God's grace comes in. Yes. And that's where the element of faith comes in. And, you know, God's mercy has been extended to me far more than I deserve. Mm -hmm. Far more than I deserve. And, you know, to someone out there who is wondering, and maybe God is calling you, 
do something specific. Take it from me. Don't waste another moment in thinking that because I don't know tomorrow, I'm afraid of it. I don't know tomorrow, but I'm not afraid of now. And God will lead you. If if it truly is God's call, you couldn't be in better hands. If anybody out there wants to talk to me about this further, you can reach me here at the Ark anytime. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today. As I said, I'm finding out more of your story I never knew today. So that's all part of building a relationship with, with yes, the body is. of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, I just hope that you're continuing to be blessed with God. I see God in your life all around you and, and through the work you're doing and through your personality and, and your interactions with people. And I just wish the biggest blessing on you, my brother. I appreciate the opportunity, Dave. God bless you and your ministry as well. And thanks for the T-shirt. You're welcome. <laughs> You got a t-shirt that says, Refuge Freedom Stories. (laughs) Thanks very much. Got this feeling inside me. It's stronger every day. Don't have the pushing on, no. Seem to find its own way Just like a child Whose dreams have come alive I get excited Cause I found out Where love resides And when love resides There is no fear And when love goes Love makes it real That's where love resides.
And now a few words from Alan Campbell about Refuge Ministries Canada. Refuge Ministries Canada started when I was invited to share my testimony from accepting the Lord at 19 in Millhaven Penitentiary to be interviewed on 100 Humphrey Street. As a result of this interview, I was invited by a local church in Spruce Grove, Alberta to share my testimony at the Edmonton Young Offender Detention Center where a 12-year-old boy whose role models were Jeffrey Dahmer and Charles Manson accepted the Lord. Leaving the youth jail that Tuesday night, I got on an airplane to fly back to London realizing that nothing was being done to support him, disciple him, and mentor him when he was released. That is how Refuge Ministries Canada started. I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.